Yo, is this thing on? Man, whatever. Walk with me. Welcome back to Walk with TFB. As y'all know, I'm Tim Bryson, and I'm a Black millennial who's eager to have and filter conversation with authentic people centered on international education, global sport, and Black culture. Today, we are walking with a rising star in the world of sports. Born and raised in 803, she started playing basketball at a very young age, and her passion for the game has never faded. This individual is a member of the committee sports group, a group that strives to deliver authentic and equitable coverage in the women's sport industry. Every week, you can catch this person on Twitter spaces discussing recent events in the women's game and often addressing the nuances of intersectionality as they relate to different storylines, which we'll certainly talk about on this episode. She's also the co-host for the WNBA's official Twitter spaces for the 2023 season, um, alongside R. Chambers, Monica McNutt, and Mark Schindler. Earlier this year, she collaborated with Player Society during the 2023 Women's Final Four, as she is purposely situated at the intersection of women's sport and culture. Uh, it makes total sense for her to be on this podcast, um, especially this season. So without further ado, y'all help me, Lauren Dreer, AKA Big Low. What's popping, Big Low? Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. You already know, my friends. Like I said, it's good to see you. Good, good for you to be on this episode because there's a lot that I want to discuss, right? All right. Uh, okay. And I remember I reached out to you shit back in think, April at this point. I'm like, yo, yeah. I, got, I got something <laughs> coming. Had to get things situated. Yeah, shit go. I'm uh, finally, cool. finally glad we get to hop on the uh, on the mic. So check this out, man. The podcast got three segments. Uh, segment one is all about storytelling and learning more about you. Um, segment okay. two, we're going to talk all things women's sports, and especially women's okay. basketball. Right. Um, and then our third segment is going to be focused on how I and our podcast community can best support you. Okay. So jumping, so jumping straight into segment one, Lo, for those who may know you, others who, who may not, what's your story? Who are you? Ooh, my story. So born and raised, like you said, in 803, Columbia, South Carolina. Um, got a twin brother. I know a lot of people don't know that, but I have a whole twin. I'm a, I have a, I'm a twin. Wow. Um, grew up, you know, loving basketball. My parents started me playing basketball when I was like, what, four or five? But I hated it. Like, I just could not get with it. I wanted to play soccer. I wanted to be a gymnast. Like, I was like, why are y'all making me do this? This is not what I asked for, please. Like, <laughs> and because they kept taking me back because my brother, my twin brother liked it. I just had to adapt. Um, so I ended up loving the game. And literally here we are, got to middle school. I realized, oh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of straight. Like I ain't, I'm okay. Like I'm a little, I'm a little naturally talented. Uh went to high school, played at Dreer High, did decent. Um, I wasn't big enough, tall enough, talented enough to go play D1 or in the college game. So I just, you know, maneuvered into the sports world, you know, and I kind of figured it out. And here I am. I mean, so talk more about this, this, both high school and college piece, right? I think everyone, well, I would hope that everyone at some point in their, you know, athletic career realizes that um, either their time is up and or they're not playing at the next level. So when you realize that, how do you then stay connected to the game, whether it be through social media and or staying close to athletes um, that were in college? Ooh, so it was tough um, because I think when did I realize it, like, I think I realized it because, like I said, I was decent in high school, you know, like, but like back then sports were a lot different. Like you had to be able to hoop period if he was playing. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I realized it because I started getting on like social media, YouTube and stuff like that. And just seeing different workouts 
the girls that were going to college were doing. And I'm like, damn, that's a whole new world to me. Like, I just had no idea. And I think that's when I realized, oh, yeah, I haven't been doing that. I'm, you know, like, I, I'm out. <laughs> and I think that's when I realized it. And it was hard because good or not, like, do you want or not? It was something that I love to do. And I'm like, dang, like, this is my life playing AU school ball. It's year round, two practices a day sometimes. It just was my life. So that was hard. And then I realized, like, when I stopped playing, I'm like, uh, how do I even make friends? I was always giving friends. So <laughs> that was that was that. And then I was like, OK, well, you know, like I, I love always love tweeting about women's basketball. Like that's just what I did. It was like a journal and I would watch the games. A lot of people around me didn't watch. My brother didn't watch. So mm -hmm. I didn't have nobody to talk to really about it. So I would just get on Twitter, tweet, tweet. And through that, I organically just gained a following and not and it was never intentional like that was never my goal yep. um that's just kind of what happened I went to grad school got a grad degree in sports admin um one of my friends has the first basketball specific training facility in Columbia South Carolina I interned with her um did some events with her ran social media through the lens of basketball and I that's and I just kept doing that and here we are so were you an early adopter on Twitter? Were you a, a 40404 uh, yeah. Twitter user? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we showing hey, our age. Come on, man. We trying to tell Gen Z. Y'all don't y'all don't know what it was like. You yeah. know, or, or like copy paste and then put RT in front of it to retweet. Man, what? That's when it took work. Bring back old Twitter, bro. <laughs> Bring that yeah. shit back. Yes, because that was a time. You could tweet through the uh texting. Oh my God. Hell yeah. We, so, so then were you tweeting in uh in college? Like watching the games? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I want to make sure I brought up, right, is because we started uh, Carolina around the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and during that time, as I know you remember, right, just being the, the basketball savant that you are, uh, that's when the South Carolina women's basketball was, we were rising. It, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a little quiet, but we were rising quickly. And yeah. I think we see a lot of the, you know, of course, Asia Wilson, right, Leah Boston, Tiffany Mitchell, et cetera. But I think that the old team of Tiffany Mitchell, right, Lisa Welch, Ella Mibium, Lakeisha Sutton. Come on now. I mean, that's Aisha that Walker. The, come on. That was the that was the ground, the groundwork and um so the foundation and the framework for really where we are now. So mm. can you just talk more to the people on this podcast in regards to like one for those who you know um never got to experience the you know colonial when it wasn't sold out, like right? What that was what that was, which was a time, right? But again, part right. of the history of the story. But explain to the people on the pod who may not be familiar with that, you know, that that culture, if you will, like what it was like watching. The South Carolina so, game type team grow over the years. So because um, one, like because I did grow up playing basketball, a lot of the girls in the early years were my friends because mm -hmm. we played against each other. So with Khadija Sessions, I've known her. Asia Dozier, I've known her. At least I've, yeah. I've played against all of these girls. So we cool at this point. Tiffany Mitchell, I got cool through Asia. Asia Dozier is like one of my best friends doing through. Yep. So just early on, I remember like when she first got the job, if anybody doesn't know, like Dreer is like eight minutes from campus, very close. Mm -hmm. Um, when mm -hmm. she first got that job, the rumblings around South, like South Carolina, Columbia, like we already knew, like, damn, we got Don Staley to come here. So already <laughs> it was just when announcement was made. That's when it started taking off, in my opinion. Um, going to them games, y'all, I could I could go at halftime and go get a seat <laughs> in the front. No joke. Like I could walk on down. I would be on the oh. Jumbotron every game. I could yell and everybody would hear me. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. One game, I like my roommate painted painted me up for the game. Like, it just was. We had one time we had like 
a student tournament on the court, like right after the games. Like it was like that. like it was nothing like it is now. Like it's nuts now. But yeah, it was it was fun though. But you could see it slowly, slowly rising. Now, if you don't get there an hour before, you you you're dead in the water. Like it's a wrap for you. Straight up. So then let me ask you this then, right? Because again, you've been involved, you've seen the game grow, you played yourself, mm-hmm. you've been you're tweeting through college. At what point did you know, right? Like what was that pivotal moment or that inflection point where you realized, like, oh shit, I got a following, I built a community organically, and they're not just paying attention to what I'm saying, but they're listening and taking, you know, taking away from what Ooh. I'm saying as well. What was that moment for you? Think. I don't think I really noticed in college. I think like right after college, I think that's when I kind of noticed. I'm like, damn, because my, my homegirls start saying like, uh, because I still be, I don't be paying attention. My homegirls start saying, uh, you kind of good at that. And I'm like, good at what? I'm just tweeting. They're like, no, 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 no. The things that you say, people respond. They start talking about this. These people have followed you. They don't know you. You got like notables in the women's game following you at this point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Damn, like, you're right. But I just had never really thought about it until I think I was in grad school doing that in doing that internship. Cause I was like, um, for the tournament, can you run our social media? And I'm like, sure, you know, like, and then that's what people start saying, no, look, pay attention. And I'm like, oh snap, like you're right. So I think it was around then and I really noticed. And even back so, then, I couldn't imagine what it is now. Fair and true. But I think with that as well, I think every, whether announcer, creator, influencer, and I, I'll get to how you self-describe yourself, has like that signature phrase, right? I'm thinking of Bang, uh, Mark Green, or Hand Down, Man Down. But you got the girls are not smart. Where did that come from, yo? I've been, I've been trying to find it. And I couldn't find it. Where did that come from? I be chatting and people just be, best women's <laughs> basketball Twitter is just, child, it's a mess. It could be a mess. And just some of the stuff people say, even the stuff on the court, you throwing a ball like with one hand behind your back with three people around you trying to shut up. Oh, the girls are not smart. So it's really just, just the way it could be. It could literally be anything. Somebody did something silly on the court. Somebody said something silly. Somebody mm-hmm. did something. Silly. I'd be like, oh, the girls are not smart, honey. And I, that's where it came from. So I'm going to pivot a segment too then, right? Focus on this because... Um, again, the word creator, influencer, I mean, those are two words that are thrown around a lot nowadays, just given, you know, where brand marketing and brand deals are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how would you self-identify, right? Like, like what, what is, who is Lauren? Who is Big Low? Like, how, what does that mean to you? Like, what does that mean? Who are you? It's so crazy to me because when people say influencer, I'm like, uh, is that it? Or like creator. But then I'm like, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, yeah. But like I said earlier, I think that's just never how I went into this. So sometimes I'm not even gonna lie. When I ask a question on Twitter and I got 50 responses and 12 quote tweets, I'm still like, damn, like people really rock with me. And it's still mm-hmm. shocking to me when I see people. It's just, it's just weird. So, I mean, I guess... I would have to say influencer, creative, whatever. But I also, my biggest thing is still basketball and pushing black women forward and getting those stories out. And I still want to talk basketball. I think sometimes we see influencers, creators, they're not as honed in on the hoops aspect, but I still like talking hoops. Like the bottom, the basis of all of this is basketball for me. So yeah, all of that, but we're going to talk some hoops too. But not like analysts, but not like, you know, so it's just a conglomeration of a couple of things, I think. So, so let me ask you this then, because one thing I think that I've seen, at least on Twitter, right, and at least on social media spaces, 
um, it's a lot of critique, but really accountability in regards to who uh, should be helping to advance uh, basketball, and in this case, more specifically, women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think rather than looking to networks, which again, we'll definitely talk about, or um, associations themselves, creators, right, influencers, individuals have taken upon themselves to say, you know what, I'm taking this shit, I'm gonna push mm-hmm. this shit forward until other people, you know, uh, choose to walk with us. Bingo. Like, when did you, when did you realize, right, again, you were tweeting about basketball, right, you still want to talk about basketball, et cetera, but when did you realize that, like, your account, right, you're following your community was a community that was pivotal to growing the women's basketball game, particularly within the United States? Ooh, so I think for me, I realized kind of frustrations with, like, the, kind of like the ESPNs and how they would cover mm-hmm. things and their spin on things, and especially in the growth of South Carolina basketball, like, course i'm a like south carolina from south carolina i'm definitely biased but south carolina basketball is also black women so i'm there and Mm -hmm. i think just how i would see media spin certain things that people would say certain things i didn't really like that and one thing about me i'm gonna say what i gotta say and i think in saying those things people were kind of like yes we have somebody speaking up like yeah you're right why is this this you know what i'm saying so i think I started to realize when I would say stuff about that too, people like honed in. I'm like, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, so this so that we will be there for me. So nobody's nobody's able to quote seat and you know in real time right now um, mm-hmm. on purpose. But you think about some of those examples to where the, the media, and I'm specifically talking about ESPN, um, mm-hmm. Fox Sports, et cetera, um, were so where I'm looking for inequitably. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and in inaccurately representing black women in basketball, mm-hmm. like what are some examples as people listen to this podcast that you can that you can speak to now to say like what this happened this happened this happened we're not talking about you know South okay. we're not talking about Asia Wilson right um, mm-hmm. what are some examples that you can share with us today? So for instance, I mean the most recent I would say is well, is it's going to be a South Carolina example because they were at the top at the point um, mm-hmm. one just how they would say. South Carolina players, it's like a bar fight. It's like yep. a, it's like a this, it's like a that. Why are you describing it? That they play tough nose defense. Oh, they they're fouling. They're doing this. Just very coded language. Two, how Angel Reese got tore up for just being competitive and saying I'm getting my ring and doing this that, and the third when the when the white player had done the same thing and it was fine. But y'all want to drag her and say this about her. Um, with her again, everybody likes, Angel Reese does have stuff to work on, but Angel Reese is a hell of a rebounder. Her motor, her athleticism is top-notch, correct? She has a lot of things in her game that she needs to work on, sure. But people are really, really quick to point her out to drag her down. Like if, if I say, Angel Reese is a, a face of women's hoops, whether you like it or not. Oh, but she can't do this. She, that's not what I said. But if I say, oh, Sabrina Nesky was a face, that's fine, but we don't want to point out she can't guard a pole. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> yeah. you pick and choose. You pick and choose when you want to do this. Even in the early years, um, South Carolina, uh, somebody said something about how they play being like a fight as well. If we look at um, higher media, they've done reports on this and all. They run, media be acting like, I keep calling it the apartheid because minority rules, like you'll have <laughs> mm-hmm. so many stories about the white women in the league. And, and, it, and it'll push you to believe that these are the only ones hooping, these are the only ones that are good. And it's just not so. And I think when you have media coverage like that, for people who don't know, then they like, oh, 
Sabrina's and Sabrina's the best. Brianna Stewart's the best. Diana's the best. Sue's the best. And they are phenomenal athletes, right? But you got a whole other crop of women that you're not talking about, and the same crop of women just have to be happen to be black, and that's the majority of the league. Majority of the league. Come on, come on now, come on. Can't. So then, it, so you're not alone in leading this charge, and I, and I, I know no. you know that, but you are one of the leaders. And there are people that you've been able to connect with and grow with. And I want to civilly point to the committee sports group. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk more about how that group was founded um, and the work that you're continuing to do today? Kind of in the same same vein as a coverage. Um, Michael, also a USC graduate, um, went to, he started this whole thing. He found it kind of, how can I say this? Kind of like-minded individuals, like he was tired of seeing the coverage be geared to one type of thing. So instead of complaining about it, let's do something about it. So he gathered up, not like-minded, I would say, because we got Maryland fans, we got UConn fans, we got Pac-12, Pac-4 fans. We got all of that. (laughs) (laughs) We have all of that and we all come together, um, have spaces on certain topics. And so it's just to kind of give another another voice for people who kind of feel how we felt and kind of see the things that we see, something else to hear, something else to drive them, something else for the other women to be heard. And what are some of the events, programming, content that y'all have been, like, is where y'all come from, right? Like, from where y'all started to where y'all are now, like, how have y'all bought mm-hmm. this group as a mission? Ooh, so we started kind of, that's when Twitter had just got spaces popping. And we kind of, we just kind of got on Twitter spaces um, to start, I mean, really popping our shit, to be quite frank. <laughs> it, it's just, it's just really that. And saying, this is what y'all doing. This is an issue. Let me tell you why. And of course, I won't say mess because it wasn't mess, but it was truthful. But we were very loud and adamant. And we're going to say how we're going to say it. And this is a very Black voice. And that's missing for media real authentic black voices and i think just something that different and something quote-unquote controversial because it really shouldn't be it just started to grow started to grow um we started doing our own rankings for college season um wba and we've got your credential now um we hosted our own events at um, wma all-star so just growing keep being authentic true to ourselves making sure that we keep I'm talking about that type of stuff and try not to blend into what's already out there in the women's basketball space. So people that jump into those spaces or even like Twitter space. Yeah, I'm calling it Twitter. Twitter spaces <laughs> or, even show, or show, even show up to um, different events. What are some of the questions that people are asking y'all about the women's game? Ooh, it could be an array of things. Why is... Cheryl Reeve, the coach of the Minnesota Lynx, just sitting aerial powers, just wasting her away and not putting her in the game. She would never do that to so-and-so and so-and-so. Why does one super team seem like they can't do no wrong while the other super team, they trying to drag from here to there just, just because? Why when uh, this situation happened in the league, they wanted all the players to be responsible, but when this situation and the player looked a little different, they ain't had nothing for them. So just mm-hmm. questions about like we see what y'all doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a group, what does what does success look like, right? Because I think ESPN could definitely. I mean, shit, you host uh, spaces with Monica McNutt, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been on on the network. So what does My success dog. look like? Yeah, she the homie. She need to get on this podcast. We'll talk about later. <laughs> but what does success look like for the group? Understanding that a net, whether a network try to pick y'all up or not, there's still a a oh, cultural yeah. shift that cultural shift that needs to happen to better support the women's game. I think. We have already shifted the culture of women's sports already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't 
I think it happened rather quickly when you have, because like I said, you can hate it or love it. We're not wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's provocative. It gets the people going. But when you really listen, it's not wrong. It's it's an issue. So I think there was a whole vein of women's basketball fans like that are just missing. Like if sometimes if you go to certain events, you'll be like, where, where are we at? Like the people that's around our age, black, it, it's mm-hmm. missing in mm-hmm. certain spaces. So we give it that. So and it's a, it's so many women's hoops fans like my age, black. But you wouldn't have never known. So we have, I don't want to say brought people out of the woodworks, but that demographic, you know, people who have noticed that they might have to be black. Everybody, like, that's what we kind of done. And we shift the culture. We've we've said things on spaces. And now the commentators talking about it on the game. We've said things in spaces. For instance, I can't remember exactly what it was. Something with Sylvia Fowles and her jersey retirement. They weren't giving her that same shine as Sue. We said something yep. about it, made it a movement on Twitter. Boom, change. So success to me is we've, we've shifted this culture. We're going to continue to shift it. And people are hearing us. The things that we're saying are making changes. Like they hear us. We are we're credentialed. We in the building now too. So mm. I think that's success. So we just going to keep pushing forward with that. I'm glad you said that because you were talking. I'm like, yo, my next question is really focused on the fact that um, I hate comparison between women's sports and men's sports. I think they're two mm-hmm. different and distinct industries. Right. Uh, but two, we don't see the same level of disrespect towards Black right. men. And it, but I, I answer my own question, because we talk about Black women. And so I want to give us and really give you the floor to talk much more about not necessarily why we're seeing more disrespect towards Black women, but what can, what can and should be done to better support um, and more accurately represent Black women you know, in women's basketball, both at the collegiate level and professional level as well? I just, it's, it's very disheartening. And I think it's something like, some days I'd be like, this sucks. Like, I went on a rant the other day because, you know, that that saying on TikTok is, oh, I'm a girl's girl, right? Mm-hmm. Asia Wilson is a Black girl's girl. And I have seen so many people just tear this woman down that they would It's even been Black women, just tear this woman down. She's a two-time MVP and has to go out there and prove herself like nobody else. Why? Mm-hmm. Because she's Black. And I, and I, and I, I don't understand it. Um, she's personable. She, like, what are we doing? Like, you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, and then, I, then when I see it come from Black women, I'm like, damn, damn like, we all champion a Simone Biles. We all champion a Serena. But now, but anywho, that's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> what I think we could do, I don't know. I I don't know what we could do, to be honest, and make people respect. But I know that's one of the biggest things about my platform. I'm going to keep pushing them forward. And if, if I got to say it to I'm blue in the face, if I got to say it to you, sick of me, you're going you're gonna to recognize this greatness in these women because we're not doing that. If I have to, Andrew Reese, I'm the same with her. Like, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep reminding you, no, it's this, no, it's this. When you mention her, mention her as well. When you act like this toward this one, I'm going to point out how you switch mm. it. You switch it up. I'm going to do it every time. So you're either going to have to block me, mute me, whatever you're going to have to do, but you're going to get it every time from me. And I'll be respectful, as respectful as I can, <laughs> but you're going to get it. So I just think to make it better, this is all I say. I love my boy Jay-Z and I, he got a lyric for everything. And it's, it's mm-hmm. pious, pious, because God loves pious. Do we love these white women that we keep pushing? Do we, do we, are we praising them? Are they getting all of these accolades because they're super, super good? Relative, because if you're in a W, you're hooping, you're good, right? We talk mm-hmm. about relative. 
Do are they getting these things because they're really that good, or is that all we know? Are they super popular and marketable because that's the only names we're hearing, or are them they? You know what I mean? So I'm just gonna keep saying their names. I'm gonna keep reminding them. Nope, you say this about this one. You say this about this. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna do it. So I'm doing the face. So be like that's really all we could do because until we're at a point where we mention their names along with, it's gonna be the same thing. You try to skip over something. I, I want to make sure I give you not an out, if you will, but I want to make sure you kind of went in addressing this because you mentioned Simone and, and Serena, which I think are two I think pa- great parallel examples in regards to, the, like you mentioned, the unequivocal support and really mm-hmm. undivided support in Black women yes. as the elite and ghosts in their in their respective sports. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, it's not, again, this podcast is dope because there's not, there's, not, there's not always going to be a, a concrete answer. But there is some like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, right. like, what are we what are we really talking about? Given as you said, the facts are the facts, whether you like it or not. That, that's right. a great. Even, I'm sorry. Even with like a Cheryl Swoops, that lady and her accolades are amazing. Why is she an afterthought? The Houston Comets won back to back to back to back championships. She's an author afterthought, and all I hear about is DT and Sue Bird. That's a problem. That is an issue. And I'm not saying you can't mention DT and Sue Bird because they had great careers too. But why I don't hear about Tamika Catchings? or Deanna Nolan, or Cheryl Swoops. That's an issue. You know what I mean? Why are we doing that? That's good. That's really good. Sticking on the subject, right? You mentioned Asia, Asia Wilson. Uh, you also mentioned from the, you're from the 803. And I think one thing, I'm, you know, I'm not, well, I think everyone knows by now. I'm not from South Carolina, though people think I am. But y'all, which is <laughs> whatever, another story. But when I first went to Coastal, you know, I transferred from Coastal to South Carolina, Mm-hmm. Everyone would chant 803, 843, 864. I'm like, damn, y'all, y'all motherfuckers love y'all area code. Dude. I think that's why I got on this 513 train. But talk more about what it means to be from the 803 in particular. And again, you can talk about the age of of course. But what it means to be from the 803 now representing a, a woman's game, right, in the WNBA. Yeah. Uh, that quite honestly is global. And what does that mean to you? It's, it's, it's really crazy because I know when I always say, like, when I was a little girl, I used to be like, Mom, I'm going to make it to the WNBA. Mm. and I did now was it different <laughs> yeah but I made it um I think just seeing basketball women's basketball in the in the 803 which I don't know if a lot of people know it's it's kind of picking up we got some we got some girlies we got some girlies out the 803 and in South Carolina as a whole um mm-hmm. but just seeing the especially Asia like just seeing her, like, I remember, I'm not that much older than she is, but I remember growing up in AU turning to her. I remember sitting in Drea Gym at something like cackling about everything, you know, just, just a real authentic Black woman. And, and I think sometimes what makes me so proud is we see people having to sh- like switch it up. I'm going to act this way. I can't act this mm-hmm. way. I can't do my little twerk teeny leg kit. I can't wear my mm. <laughs> waistling braids I can't get in the thing and be like period and I said what I said but you know mm-hmm. she did she did that and she did that and she is now the face of a professional basketball league and that that just that make that makes that's crazy to me and just because I just got I'm more pride for soccer United than I thought I did <laughs> I really do and even with Elena she did just get waved um but just to see her there from the 803 same AU team same college both of y'all there like it, it's just it's just crazy yeah I think every time I go to Carolina I was just back uh, like last week I'm like Asia got a stat she's still living and playing yes. he got a statue, statue. and Don, you know Don's coming there I'm like yeah that's that's, that's for real that's different 
different. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Like, that's crazy. And then hearing the story she told with the statue, man, come on now. Come on now. It's all connected, Joe, but you travel a lot to these games. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know your favorite, outside of uh, Colonial, of course, but your Mm -hmm. favorite arena to watch, favorite, hmm. I want to say arena, but I guess game day experience, uh, both college and professional. I, I ain't gonna lie, the Atlanta Dream be jumping mm-hmm. because it's it's a smaller arena, which I like for the women's game. But of course, it, if, when it grows, you're gonna have to do something different. Mm-hmm. But it's a smaller arena. It's no bad seats, so it's more intimate. It's not like because mm-hmm. you know, like if it's empty, but it's still a lot of people. But it's the arena huge. It don't get us. It don't give right. But the Atlanta Dream. It's tight knit. It's intimate. It's Atlanta, so you know them. Just nice Southern music, the vibe. Oh. I'm telling you, man, Atlanta's top tier, top tier. Um, I mean, college. I'm gonna have to say Colonial Life, but <laughs> I have been to Duke and to be at Cameron Indoor mm. and just in that history. That's something different. I'm planning on. Um, you know, I'm also. I don't know if you know, like big on SEC women's basketball. Like mm-hmm. that's one of the. I plan on doing a little tour. So we're going to see which one I really like after this. That's lit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Colonial, Colonial, Colonial Undefeated. Yeah, Colonial it is. is, is, is I tell everybody, like, you got to go. And, and fuck women's basketball. I'm talking about just sports, period. Yeah. Like, the game day experience in Colonial, yes. when South Carolina women are playing, is different. It's crazy. Like, I've taken a <laughs> but, couple of my friends, and they have been, like, in awe. Like, I took one of my friends to the Tennessee game with me a year ago, two years ago. Yeah. And the lines were all crazy. And she played collegiate basketball, but at UNC Charlotte, the lines was all crazy. Mm-hmm. And she was just looking like, now this is not, and this is a girl, she's 6'4". So she uh-huh. be everybody walking up to her like, who are you? And she, meanwhile, she looking around like, yo, this is all for women's basketball. Like, this is insane. I'm like, yeah. And I've had other friends, they, I, I talk about it so much, they're like, well, I'm just going to go. Yep. They've gone and they've been like, yo, you was not lying. No, I ain't lying. It's crazy in there. So bye. It's, it's different, yo. It's right by campus. Real quick, you going to Paris? I'm, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. We might have done something to Paris. We might have done yeah. something to Paris, yo. Yeah, I'm that's the goal. A lot. I think uh, mm-hmm. it's a couple people I know going. Mm-hmm. No, nah, good yeah, stuff. Okay. Good stuff. Before I move on, yo, I think we, it's been a lot of conversation about growing the women's game. I think, mm-hmm. uh, quite honestly, that's my personal opinion, a fallback is always expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot more things to be doing now. But nevertheless, at the, uh, I know Kathy just came out. Big <laughs> 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 Kathy. <laughs> I know Kathy they don't just give can't. Kathy a break. Kathy tired, bro. Kathy is tired. Kathy is exhausted. But she just came out and named Alyssa City show. And so I'm curious. And I know you just told Erica on the podcast earlier this summer uh, that you put a team in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, why Charlotte? Outside of its history or inclusive of its history, but why Charlotte? Uh, one is it's an airport there, and you know they have travel issues, and we need somewhere that they can get off and get on quickly. <laughs> first things first. Um, second of all, I feel like you have a lot of colleges within reach. So to bring a fan base, you got USC, you got UNC not too far, which Duke's not too far, NC State's not too far. 
So you have a lot of, you know, a lot of college. And Atlanta is not too far, so that's a close game for Atlanta. Um, also, it's a, it's a dope city. Like, it's something to do. The girls, so the women who are on the team that will have to live there, that's yep. cool. That's a dope place to stay. It's, it is a little expensive, but not too expensive. You can go to the beach not if you need to. You can go to the mountains if you need to. You know, it's a good little vibe. That's actually, that's a good Kathy, whoever else needs to hear this, I hope you tap in. On the flip that's side a, of that. Good pitch, ain't it? Yeah. It is a good pitch. On the flip side of that, though, you know, they just played the first game in Canada um, early what, in May. That we mm-hmm. saw the reaction, the response, which is super dope. You know, obviously mm-hmm. this podcast focused on global sport. Do you see a future WNBA in Canada? If so, how soon? What I are your do. thoughts on that? I do, but it's just a lot of travel stuff got to be figured out first. Because I would hate, I would hate, my thing is, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You don't want to mm-hmm. do it and then have to pull back because, oh, and maybe we can't, this not working out how we thought it would. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if they got a plan A, B, C, D to Z for travel and, you know, the women that's going to have to live there, that's a lot. So if they can get figure that out, then sure. But until then, no. But if they do it, that's going to be dope because that turnout was crazy. Were you shocked? I don't know. I don't know if I would say shot. I think because one thing about it, they was they was on their Zoom up and up there. They was <laughs> they was getting it done. Like, <laughs> they was getting it done. We saw they said they had like ads on TV for weeks. They had the um little statue out there. They said they really did it big because they knew this was their like um audition, quote unquote. So they they was on their Zoom. So not surprised, I don't think, but it was it was really special. See, Eric, I'm gonna get Eric on the podcast. Shout out to Erica McCall, um, mm-hmm. her podcast, Bird's Eye View. But I bring that up because I think Toronto is obviously outside of the United States, but for a lot of women historically, especially college, you know, those who played in college, the option, at least the most suitable option, was going to a non-US country to play. Mm-hmm. So do you ever foresee just get your natural organic organic thoughts, ever foresee the WBA being home-based where athletes don't have to go back and forth? Uh, to compete in other countries? Well, I think the WNBA has added, they've added a prioritization clause to where mm-hmm. you're going to have to. You're going to have to be back. If you want to play in this league, you're going to have to be back by, by a certain time. So mm-hmm. I think that might, the WNBA, I mean, the overseas space is never going to, you know, go away though, because it's just not enough spots in the WNBA. But sure. A lot of people, they're going to have to fall off a little bit from overseas. And I know a lot of them don't like prioritization, but I do because I know it sucks because the money's not there yet. Um, Mm -hmm. But if we want this league to grow and get better, you're going to have to make it a priority. I can't have my games on TV if half my star is gone. I can't. You know what I mean? So I I, I, I get it. But but because of that, the WMA, they're going to have to come with it, though. So, you know. Hmm. Let me. So you have this. Let's say you, whomever, right? And if you haven't already, you got Kathy and C Suite execs at the WBA, you know, in a room, right? One of mm-hmm. long ass tables and shit. And you at the mm-hmm. top of the table. I don't know. You get thirty seconds. Like, what are you telling them? Like, what's your message to them if you get the year thirty to thirty seconds to a minute? I think the first thing I would say is they need to do a better job at storytelling, telling everybody's stories, and being having the league more be, be more relatable and not like all for example all-star it feels like family friends day 
You got mm. other bands besides that. And it, like I said, we're missing the people that look like us in our age group. So That's I good. think the first step, storytelling, being more open, being stop shoving the same three people in my face. And I think that more stories, because a lot of, a lot of people like players because of who they are. They don't give a damn about no basketball. They can have an mm-hmm. awful game, but they don't matter because that's a player. You can only mm-hmm. do that if you tell more stories. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So to me, that's the first step. Get more people's names out there. So to tell their stories more so people feel you know, more relatability. I think that would help first. And then we could talk about all the other stuff. Because you got to have you got to have some people want to look at to begin with. To me. I agree. On the same tip, you, uh, super teams, right? Mm-hmm. Good, bad, but talking college and shots to the transfer portal, but college right. and college and pro. Good for the game. Want more so, parity? You think in the W initially I wasn't, I didn't like the super team thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm gonna say it's still not my favorite, but when in New York built theirs, I was like, okay, then Asia go get your girls. You know what I mean? Because I I, I felt like yeah. The W wasn't at a place to handle two teams that were just better than everybody else. Because at the end of the day, if you are fighting for viewers, don't nobody want to see nobody beat somebody 160. You know what I mean? Nope. So nope. it has panned out a little better than I thought it would in that aspect. My other aspect was, of course, being who I am, I knew, and I've been proven right since then, that the WNBA or I want to say not WBA because the hoops is hoops. The hoops is great. Mm-hmm. The media, higher up media, would not be able to handle a super white super team and a super black super team. And it has shown itself since then. That was my issue then. That's my issue now. That's only where my that's where my complaints come from. But the basketball is great. That's not a problem. That is and a in really college, good. See, yeah. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew it was going to go wild. I knew it was not going to go good. I knew it wasn't, especially in this league when they already have issues with that. I knew it wasn't going to go good. And then you got a Candace Parker and eight. No, I knew, I knew it was not going to go good and it's not going good. <laughs> uh, college. Uh, mm, I got to see it play out. Cause I think in a college, that's look like, 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 let's take an LSU, for example. Um, I guess some people could say that's a super team for sure. But I still, as somebody who knows basketball, I still see a, see a few holes. Um, but we're just going to have to see how it goes. I'm more interested to see just how it's handled on a college level. Like, NBA, I mean, WNBA level, like, you have their professionals. So while it might be a little hard to you know, figure out, they'll eventually do it because this is what we do. This is our job. Mm-hmm. College game, they still young. I'm selfish. I don't give a damn about you. You, you, I'm doing this for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would be too, yeah. so ain't no shade. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who yeah. I was when I was that young. Like, I don't give a damn. Like, they've been in the NIL popping too. They've been to give me this to do this. No, I got it. I ain't gonna tell my team. Like, no. So, I'm just interested to see how it goes in that aspect. And that's not throwing shade. That's not trying to be mean, but I just know who I was when I was young. I was selfish. I'm still a little selfish. So real. Not super real. I stayed on college uh early, super early. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. I guess what class start is two weeks, but super early mm-hmm. uh prediction for the season. What you thinking? What are things we should be aware of going into the season? Look out for Ohio State hooping. Now their offense could stall at a few times, couple of times, but they're going to be legit. 
Um, UCLA gonna be legit. They just got a six seven bid who could do her big one, and they were already pretty good last year. Um, I think UConn and LSU are my one and two. Um, I think for LSU, Anissa Morrow makes the biggest difference. Haley Van Lift, she's who she is, but she don't really make no ways or get them anything different than they when they had Alexis Morris. But Anissa Morrow, that girl, look out for her. Um, I think USC, our USC, gonna surprise some people. I know they are losing a freshie, so I do think it'll take them a while to get their foot in. Um, but I think they still, I think they're a solid team. I think they're gonna catch a good people, good a bit people, good bit of people slipping. Mm-hmm. Miami should be something to see. Um, who else in the SEC? Look out for Texas A&M. They're coming. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that would be my preview. Oh, in Norfolk State. Let me throw my girls out of Norfolk State in there. Yeah, I saw you have to uh, interview transfer. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Good shit. Well, before we move to segment three, yo, as you think about, I mean, really your emerging um trailblazing <laughs> story right now like when all is said and done how do you want to be remembered oh as somebody who was true to the game true to herself and true to black women period true to the game true to herself true to black women that's it and, and whatever i could success for me right now i'm kind of Figuring that out, what does that look like? Does success look like making this much money doing this and this? Or does success look a little different? And I'm pushing my message out and I got to kind of get it a different way. I don't know what that success looks like right now for me, but I do know I want to be true to hoops, true to myself, and true to Black women. Intersectionality that Black women face and intersectionality of hip hoops and culture. That's that's it. That's the one right there. That's 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 it. Segment three. So then understanding you want to be true to the game, true to yourself, and true to black women. How can I, but also this podcast community, best support you on your evolving purpose journey? Oh, just make sure, which I know you will. You always, not always, but you know, always make sure you got a little black women sprinkled in there, whatever they passionate about. Let them talk because I ain't nothing more satisfying to hear a black woman talk about what they're passionate about that um always keep a little women's sports in there <laughs> and happy back mm-hmm. that's it and have what have you back yeah 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 bro we're we gonna interview you in paris yo so yeah, go ahead and tell yeah. malik and, and uh b terrell to pull up yo okay we can do a little you. something some little winery, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh, we come on now, a little vino. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> hey, that's love, yo. Before we jump, before we jump off, who do we need to get on the show? Right. And there's a couple of people I'm trying to get. Uh, and I already reached out to Leticia and me here. And she Ooh. she hit me back. She needs to follow back one more time and get this locked in. But that's why I really, really, really Yeah, I really, and it's crazy that you say her because if I had to somebody it would be her so definitely her because her story is like i'm, t- I'm telling i've been she, watching this shit for like two or three years yes, and, and that's what i'll be talking about with the w i know she doesn't play a lot but that doesn't matter tell her story what she's been through the woman that she is so so like strong in her faith that is a person that people can lock into it's gorgeous she's like them like come on tell that story 
Come on hey, now. She, she, she never went on my list. The back to the motherland, the Canada, yes. and everything. I mean, it's I want her so bad. So yes. Leticia, if you hear this shit, I need you, my sis. Yes. I need you, my fellow game cop. Come on. Yes. So that's Who crazy else? that you say her. Because I love I, that. Yes. That's number one. Get you some. I, I would I would say get you a HBCU hooper. I ain't gonna say diamond, but you know, <laughs> just 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 because that experience is so different. And people need to hear it. Uh, I think you should try Monica too. That's my dog. She real cool. She know hoops. She could talk about men's hoops too. I cannot. Um, yeah. I like them three. All right. So I got Monica Diamond, Leticia. And I'll throw one more in there. Of course, Don, but I want to get Coach Yo as well. She's not she's oh, on the yeah, list. Yeah. Yeah. She won't She'll respond. Bro, DM, bro, throw me a little, throw me a uh, little assist on uh, Allie. Thank you on there on Twitter because I'll be, I'll be adding. I'm like, Coach, yo, what's up, man? Okay. I done took the team to Italy. You know what I mean? I'm, mean, I'm watching. Okay, I see, yeah. I see everything hopping on. But I throw the alley. I got you. A big low with four Gs, man. It's a pleasure. All right. It's Thank a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This you is dope. Know I like this. Are, come on now, you already know what's going on. We getting started. Season five, episode two. It's just been. Uh, her big low make sure y'all support uh, not just uh, lauren but also the women's game and, and black women uh explicitly and on purpose um you can't see this shirt but black women are dope every single one of them um, i look forward to having more uh, black women on this podcast to talk about shit they're passionate about because it's needed um this podcast will continue to support and amplify their voices as well i look forward to seeing y'all next week as we continue to walk through season five and having conversations about international education global sport and black culture uh, but as always, until then, walk with me.